Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, it seems like we're still talking about Keyforge. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Sydney. And I'm Chris. Keyforge, as we knew it, is no more. So instead of talking about how to cut your game collection down to 50 games, which is what I was planning to do this week and we'll probably do next week, maybe, um, Sydney's with us and we're going to talk about the bombshell that Ghost Galaxy dropped on the Keyforge community just a few days ago. Kitty was is not here, not because we didn't want her to talk about Keyforge, but because she has a sick kid. So um, Sydney is now She really here. wanted to talk about she did. Keyforge, actually. She really did. She said she was seething. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but before we talk about Keyforge, we're going to thank our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Listener Doug, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake. Plus a huge thank you to all of our other patrons. Also, if you want to listen to us live and, yeah, just the technical fiascos of, of today, <laughs> that, that was actually great. Uh, Zoom, you can join us, tabletopgametalk.com slash live, Mondays at 8.30 Central Time. Join our Discord. Join our BGA group. If you haven't already done it, ask yourself, Why? And then do it. And then do it. <laughs> um, all right. Our next station, London Tournament, still going. I think we're in the final round of phase one. And the games are getting really heated. I mean, we have a game right now where the scores are separated by like eight points. And we're halfway through the last route. So competition is getting fierce. Um, so, Sydney, welcome to the show. I am happy to be here again. Yes. Yesterday, we recorded a podcast for your podcast. I know. And you were you were so nice on that episode. Today, I'm going to be more honest. <laughs> um, but I've also had an extra day to sleep on things. So we found out the news, I want to say Thursday. Sat- no, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Yeah. We're recording Monday night. Um, and we'll get to all that news in a moment. But first, I have to ask Fletcher, what have you been up yes. to? Oh, man. What did I do this past weekend? I don't think I did anything. You didn't I took it easy. Think about the Keyforge news the entire time? You weren't talking about no, it with your significant I mean, other? I, I, I asked you, I was like, I don't know what this means. And you said, this will be good podcast fodder. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll go from there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what we did this weekend was really just digest this news. We've been talking about Keyforge for what day is it? About 72, 72 hours. hours. Yeah. Um, not to mention quite a bit of time before then. So do people care? If you don't play Keyforge, do you care about this? I don't know. Probably not, but it's still fun. Uh, so yeah. And everyone's wondering, wait, what happened if you're not in on the know? Uh, Fletcher, I sent you the notification or the, the announcement and your response to me was, yes. why is this? What, what, what actually? No, no, no. I'm going to say your exact response, because this was what happened. Um, Keyforge just dropped a bombshell, and the community is enraged, myself included. This will be the topic for Monday. Read through the different formats so you can have an opinion. And then I posted the things. Kitty says, I only read the first part of Sealed, and I'm enraged. I reply, right? Um, Fletcher replies, you'll have to explain to me why this makes you guys so angry. And then I said, (laughs) it'll make a great conversation for, for the year. Um, yeah. and that was the end of that, that conversation. I, I guess we started the announcement, right? Sure. All right. So there's a, going to be a key forge celebration, an event held outside of Minneapolis, St. Paul area. I want to say it's, nah, I'm not going to, it's going to be in the, uh, game center. Yeah. At, uh, FFG's old and now, uh, ghost galaxy's current game center. Yeah. Store front game center 
convention, not necessarily conventional, but they do a lot of like worlds and stuff like this, um, which is in, I'm trying to f- remember the city. It starts with an R, but that's okay. I'll let Sydney look at it as I, I think it's Roseville. It. Roseville. Yes. Roseville. There we go. Um, that's not the bad part. That's, that's great. It's $75. It's in one month. So we got one month notice. We've already bought our tickets. So we are going to go. And even though you don't like it, <laughs> sort of, I, I'm saying all the bad stuff up front in the end, uh, spoiler alert, it's not as bad as it sounds. But um, when we first heard it on Saturday, it was it was pretty as bad as it sounds hard to digest. Yes. And we're still digesting it. But whew. all right. So for those who don't know, i.e. those who might be new to the podcast, not because this is a Keyforge podcast and you're normally a Keyforge player and you want to hear what we're talking about. Um, but if you've not played Keyforge or don't know what Keyforge is, it is a game much like Magic, where you sit down across the table from someone and you play a game of cards. And, it's a dueling card game. Yeah, it's a dueling card game. And the thing that's unique about this game is the fact that every deck is unique. And There's by, no construction. You don't build your deck before you play. Yeah. It's it's 36 cards that are printed and must be played together. You open it up and you play. The great thing about that is you don't have to build a deck. You can just play. I, Fletcher, I can give you a deck and I say, hey, let's play. And I've given you a deck. And I said, hey, let's play. And yes. you played, right? Mm-hmm. And and how did you like the game? How did you like that concept, that format? Uh, I like it. I actually um, prefer this over... Like, well, A, a deck building and, and B, kind of like I must collect all the cards and like continue. I, I like that you can just buy one deck or, you know, a few decks and, and it, you know, get your fix that way. All right. And, and I think a lot of people did like that. And a lot of people didn't. Right. You come from other competitive games where you're building decks and a lot of people really, really didn't like the fact that you weren't building decks. So they bounced off Keyforge and back into whatever other game they were playing. Usually Magic. Uh, during the pandemic, Flesh and Blood was a big thing as Magic went on hiatus. Flesh and, Flesh and Blood got really big. Um, but then a few weeks ago, we talked about this. Uh, Keyforge is back. Ghost Galaxy bought Keyforge, and they're doing a GameFound campaign. And Sydney and I spent a lot of money on that GameFound campaign. Way too much money on that GameFound campaign. <laughs> Lots of money. But we're excited. It's going to be back. Our, our favorite game is coming back. Three days ago, one, two, three, four, three or four days ago, depending on when you are listening to this, could be a lot longer if you were not listening to this when it drops. Um, the new organized play formats. I sound like I'm crying. I'm not. I'm not. I just choked up there for a second. (sighs) (laughs) So sad. (laughs) The new organized play formats came out. Um, Sydney, why don't we explain what the sealed format was, what that used to be? Basically, what you just explained to Fletcher, you would open a deck and you would play it. In a high-level tournament, you may be given three decks that you would pick one deck from and then continue to play it from that point forward without being able to change decks. But they, either way, you picked a deck and you played it. All right. And then there was a format called Archon. Archon was? You brought your deck and you played it. You, you couldn't switch it out. There was no changes to it. You brought your deck. You picked it beforehand. And that's the deck that you played until you were out. Those are the two main formats. Um, and then there's a bunch of variants that can come onto that. So the variants include things like, you know, bring three decks and each one can only lose once before 
it's eliminated. If you lose all, all your decks, then you're out. That's survival. That could be sealed survival or archon survival. Open or bring your own. Um, triad, where you bring three decks and some shenanigans. You basically need to win with both decks in a single match. Um, reversal. You bring a deck, you give it to your opponent. Your opponent plays your deck against yourself. You're trying but, to bring a really bad deck. Yeah. And honestly, there was a bunch. Like, these are just the official ones. Uh, there's a couple other official ones that never actually took off as well. There was an auction. auction? Yeah, that never took off. Um, and then a whole bunch of fan-made ones. Now, in an interview, I believe... In an interview that you were doing, Sydney, I think Christian mentioned wanting to streamline organized play. He's also mentioned it in other places. Wanted to streamline the number of different formats that exist. Yeah, he wanted to make it less confusing for new players. He also wanted to increase player agency. And that's something that was really confusing to the fans while it was still vague because player agency can be construed as a lot of things. We now know what he was talking about with player agency. But first, let's talk about how these formats have changed. Because all the formats that used to exist no longer do. They're replaced with these three core, and these this is a pseudo-quote, because I'm doing it from memory. Um, these are the new core organized play formats. The first one we're going to talk about is Archon. And Archon is now... You bring three decks, and the first round you pick the deck you're going to play... Sorry, I apologize. You present your three decks to your opponent, and they pick which of the three you're not going to play. And then you pick out of the two remaining decks which deck you're going to play. And then the next round, if you've won, the deck you won with is exhausted. Then the next deck is your you, your opponent picks from those two decks, and then which one to exhaust. And then you get to play with the deck that's left. And as long as you're winning, that's the format that your deck is picked in. If you lose, your deck isn't exhausted, so it goes back to picking from two decks. In other words, instead of bringing one, you're now bringing three, and all three of those decks need to be really good because you're not rarely going to play the same deck twice, depending on how many rounds. That's not a format that I think either of us like. I absolutely love playing the same deck round after round after round. I, I get momentum with it. I feel really good about it. And I also have to know less decks. I have to buy less decks. I really feel more comfortable with one deck. So Fletcher, I don't think you would necessarily play in this type of event anyway. But if you were, as as a, as a player with your experience, if I said, hey, let's go to this event. You're going to have, I'm just going to give you three decks um, because you need three decks or buy, go buy three decks and have three decks. How would you feel about playing in a format like this? Um, it seems different than what I would expect. I would expect like kind of what you described before where, you know, you bring your deck and you play your deck. Um, having to bring, of course, I'm a novice and I'm not sure I would, you know, this is like for me, but like having to bring three decks is, you know, more of a burden and having, they all need to be really good and you have to be really good at all three decks. Yes. And you have to know what to strike of your opponent's deck. So you're going to have to have a lot more knowledge there. Yes. Oh, that's true. You have to, I mean, usually at this, I don't know if I want to call it higher level of play, but like, I guess that what it is, you know, it, it is a competition. You kind of need to know that anyway. Yeah. Well, the thing is, and the and the thing that I think that I was most taken aback with is these core formats, some in the community is like, well, this is just for high-level play. And, and my argument is, no, it isn't. 
These are official OP formats. These are at store level events as well. They might be smaller, but these are events are this official supported events at all levels of play. But you're right, at high yeah. levels of play, I don't mind this. Yeah, and I mean, like, how do you get how do you get those people that want to get into higher levels of play if they don't have like an easy ramp up there? Right. right. Like it, if if the if it jumps too much, then you know maybe you'll just have that person that like, well, I'm never really gonna invest the time or energy into that higher level of play to play in these ranked tournaments. Exactly. So now let's talk about what was being used to bring in new players. And that was the sealed format. The sealed format used to be, uh, especially at the store level, come to the store, buy a deck, and open that deck and play it. That deck could be good, it could be bad, it was probably average. But no matter what, you were spending 10 maybe $15, and you were playing probably three games of Keyforge. If you're doing a pot of eight, maybe four games if you had you know up to 16 people at a store. It was a great way to get into Keyforge. But now, the new sealed format is... Basically, you bring two decks. No, sealed format. Sorry, my apologies. You are given two decks. And then once you open them up and you're looking at all six houses, you pick three houses between the six to play with. And you can't overlap houses. So if both decks have the same houses, you can't pick the same house more than once. You follow? <laughs> I, I get it. Yes, I get it. So you now have a pool of potentially six houses, or you have a pool of six houses and you can't duplicate, you can't double up on houses. Right. So then you're going to construct your own deck out of out of these six. Yes. So what do you think about constructed Keyforge as a new player? So, I mean, obviously this puts a little bit more burden because you have to know what is good and what is bad if you're you know a brand new player all you have to do all you have to know is the rules to play because you're you know you open up a deck you're playing with that deck there is no other thing that you have to do i think the one thing that it may do as opposed to just getting your one deck and playing with it is that it might smooth out the um the bad deck curve Yes. Potentially. I totally agree um, with you. I think that that's something that they had in mind when they came up with this. Yeah. I remember, like, I, I still remember, Chris, like, the very first deck you gave me to play with, you're like, here, here's a deck. And I forget the exact rules now, but my deck had the minimum number of creatures in it to be viable. And I remember, like, looking over the deck with you later after I lost, of course, a game. <laughs> and you're like, this deck isn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't. No. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it, this is actually a bad deck. Yeah. Um, and, and that's fine. But like you could, you could just be dealt that bad hand where you just open up a deck and you just have a statistically really bad deck. Yes. And, and all right, now I'm going to start going into positive. It's been 15 minutes of talking about. More the logistics. We haven't been as negative yeah. as we could have been. <laughs> right. Well, and here's the thing. Ultimately, from this point forward, I'm going to turn into an optimist. But what I'm the title of this episode is called Keyforge Fusion. Um, if you're not sure why, it's, you know, look up Soulforge Fusion, which is another game developed by Richard Garfield, which is a game that recently fulfilled on Kickstarter, which is you get four houses in a pack, and you combine two of those houses to form your deck. And that's 
how Soul Forge Fusion works. Keyforge Fusion is essentially the same thing. Basically, it it will kill Soul Forge Fusion. We played Soul Forge Fusion and didn't actually like the gameplay, and this is that in a better format. Yeah. Now I will say it wasn't the gameplay; it was the fiddliness of the game. Like the game itself plays fine. It just was designed for a, an app and not a physical game. But I really, really like this concept of two decks build a deck. I really, really don't like that this is sealed. And the problem is the traditional sealed format of open a deck play, that is Keyforge. That's the fundamental core of what Keyforge is. It's also the heart of Keyforge. Like the whole tagline in the beginning was you can open a deck and play. Like you can play with one deck. You can make one purchase and play Keyforge. So let's yeah, talk. And I, I guess what you were talking about before with like, um, you know, to like ease that bad deck curve where you said, you know, maybe maybe you have the option to buy like two or maybe three decks. You open it up, right? And you're like, yeah, I don't like this deck. You, you know, open up your second deck and you'd be like, okay, this deck is okay. I'll play with this one. But that's the one you have. So you have like a mulligan. Um, yeah. Well, and that's what the three deck format was basically all about, right? Is you open three and pick the one you want. One of the positives of this is that yes, it can it can bring the curve up, and so you're you're not stuck with the worst decks. But a lot of the current community of Keyforge loves not building decks, like myself included. Right. Like the actual deck building aspect is more stressful to me than fun. Like the idea that at the beginning of a sealed game, I have to sit down. I analyze yeah. six houses, you know, thirty minutes, right? And that's like the sit thing. Down like, and build a deck. If it if there if it was any less than thirty minutes, and first of all, I thirty it, minutes. I think is, it's going to be ten minutes. Yeah, thirty minutes is huge. But like, if it's if it's any short amount of time, I was already like stressed picking one out of three decks. But now I have to look at all the card lists, see what might combo the best, and just do a lot more mental brain work right before I play. Now would be a good time to mention. So, and again. Um, we're kind of all over the place on this because it's just, it's, it's a emotional topic, but this official key forge form, official key forge formats. Wow. That's hard to say. I'm reading this directly from the website. Um, Ghost Galaxy intends to support three official formats for tournament play, Archon, Alliance, and Sealed. Note, while these names are share the names of prior formats, the actual mechanics may differ as provided below. Alongside official tournaments, a second Amber Constellation tournament will be held. Details of second Amber is found below. And then in big yellow banner with a big red in construction sign on October 6th, 2022, the tournament formats presented below are currently preliminary and are undergoing testing, such as during the 2022 Keyforge celebration. They may be subject to substantial changes prior to December 31st, 2022. So we just talked about seal. Yep. Michael Finley brings up that he he says just because they support it doesn't mean it'll last. Correct. You know, ultimately do what they want to do. Yep. Yeah. And and we're going to get to that in just a second. Um, But I do want to cover Alliance. And Alliance is the nettest newest because it's a new name. But really, all of these things are new. Uh, Alliance essentially is take three houses from any decks you own, period, and combine them. No restrictions, no nothing. So you can find any three different houses with any combination of cards that may never have seen each other before and put them together into a jet into a deck and play them. Yeah. Now there are it seems like 
It's getting away from the spirit of Keyforge. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. There you go. Like, like what's kind of the point then? Like, why don't like, why don't you just release car release like single house card packs? Yeah. Or at least make a common card back because another real problem with this is the back of every deck is unique. So exactly. It has a unique name and a unique back. Yeah. So now anytime you play in two of the three officially supported formats, you have to use opaque sleeves. You have to sleeve them. And you're only sleeving partial decks. So you sleeve one house from here, one house from there. And then you have a couple unsleeved portions of the deck. And why sleeve them? Because you're not going to use them. But if they're not sleeved, it's really hard to store sleeved and unsleeved cards together and make them seem coherent. Like it creates some weird meta storage issues. And also, if at any point you're going to switch them out, you also need enough sleeves or between rounds, you're like taking cards out of sleeves and putting new cards into sleeves. And like, even if you bought a hundred pack of sleeves, you're still missing the last couple because 336 card decks is more than a hundred. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it becomes problematic now again i told you i'm getting optimistic we are we are going to say good things i promise this this is optimistic (laughs) this is optimistic (laughs) so the problem right now um in the community is there's a number of them but the ones that we're going to talk about are the ones first that you mentioned this isn't keyforge right this is something different and everything is different like nothing's the same so when we backed and this is this is our saturday emotions saturday morning we backed and I'm, I, I will say we spent more than $2,000 in that GameFound campaign. So we both backed at the highest level and added some that accessories money. without yeah. talking to each other. Yep. Why? For, for cards. Yes. Because, for we, because we love this game. And then three weeks later, two weeks later, we find out the game is completely different. And that felt like a slap in the face. Right. We are here. That was a million, million one, like $1.1 million campaign. And all of a sudden, all those players have been told, oh, that game you backed. Oh, yeah, we're we're just going to, you know, silently change it to a second edition real quick. Um, The thing that makes it unique, that's yeah, we're just going to toss that out. Uh, don't the, worry. The thing you might have loved about it, the reason you might be playing this game over all of the other possible games out there. Yeah, that's not us anymore. Yeah. So. It's not surprising that Saturday, I think this dropped like Saturday at 7.30 a.m., 8 a.m. On a yeah, it was 7, 7 a.m. I woke up at 7.30 to like people already outraged. Yeah. By the time 10.30 came around, the community in general was just, <laughs> it was it was insane. It was insane how much anger and vitriol and it just was everywhere. It was a war zone on every Discord channel, the Facebooks, podcasts had emergency meetings to come together and release <laughs> episodes. It was it was ground zero. Yeah. It's only been 72 hours. Um so that's that was what happened on Saturday. And then people started really looking at this alliance format and saying, "Okay, fine. Let me just show you how completely broken this is." And without even trying, really, uh, it, you can come up with decks that are OTK, one-turn kill or one-turn win decks. Um, this comes from a magic term. I believe everything starts with magic, but it's basically, it's my turn, and I take you from wherever you're at to zero all in one turn. You can now do that in Keyforge. There are cards that were never meant to be together in a deck that now that they are together, they're simple. The fact that they simply exist and can combo together literally just means you forge three keys in one turn game over yeah so i made two of them 
because we own enough decks to have those we houses. Didn't, we didn't even have to search. It's not even hard. It's not even hard to find these cards. One of them is rare. The other one's common. So it's like, it's not hard to build this deck. And so I built two of them and we played against each other three times. Yep. Twice with the same deck, and then we switched, and you won all three times because you got to your combo first. Yeah, it's a coin toss. <laughs> like, who gets the two cards that you need in hand first? And there's some strategy to the way you can build decks, and essentially you're building in a bunch of counters to help you get to your combo and keep the other person from getting there first. Right, because there's 36 cards in a deck, so you're hoping that the other 34 cards that you need to win the game, like, are just, like, they're cards that specifically prevent your other, your opponent from getting to the exact same two cards. Yeah. so Or allow you to, like, draw a bunch of cards and, like, burn through your deck faster. And that was exactly what these decks do. So the way that the um, the particular combo works is there's a card that allows you to, typically in Keyforge, you pick a house and you can play and use any cards of that house. This particular card, you, you, it's the first card you have to play on your turn, but it says you can play any card from your hand that is already from a house that's already in play. So And it, you cannot use any cards. And you can't use any cards that are in play. So in, in set, it's fairly balanced. Okay, great. I can play out my entire hand. I play six cards. No big deal. And then draws back to six without having used anything on the board. Right. So that's, that's fine. And then there's a card um, from the very first set called Library Access, which says, when you play a card, you may draw a card. And that card already had a problem with it that caused it to be eroded one of the only one of only two cards i think that was significantly eroded um that essentially says when you play this card you must remove it from the game um so you can't play it multiple times because otherwise play one draw two draw three draw four is kind of a pain well the thing is if you put these two cards together and you have a card that says you can play anything from your hand and you have another card that says whenever you play a card you can draw a card you can now play your entire deck. But not even, like not even literally your entire deck, but also the fact that you can reshuffle. So like when your deck is empty and you play a card, draw a card, the the rules of the game, you're allowed to shuffle. So you then reshuffle, draw again, and you're playing your whole deck as many times as you need to, to play the card that lets you forge another key. You do it three times, you win. I actually played it out the first time. We got through two keys and then we're like, okay, that took 10 minutes. Let's stop doing this. And so the second two games, when you got to that combo, we just declared you the winner. Yeah. So now this is one combination. There are other combinations where with this deck, this well, this house, this house, and this house combined, in one turn, you can lock your opponent out of being able to play any cards and therefore you just lock them out for the rest of the game and you do whatever you want. Um there are combinations that allow you similar lockout combinations that allow you to draw cards so you can keep playing, um, you know, cards that stop you from doing something or whatever. Essentially, degenerate decks, and these started to flood the boards everywhere. People were talking about them. They were basically just coming up with them for fun. But the scariest part was people were coming up with them out of decks in their own collection. These weren't as theoretical as like. I, I could literally just put these three decks that I own together and have this deck that everybody would hate yeah. playing against. People with just a moderate amount of decks, like 25, they're like, oh, now I can I can build this thing. And, and you, if I get my right combination, I win. Yes. Around hour four on Saturday <laughs> morning, we got a tweet from FFG, um, essentially, not Ghost FFG, Galaxy, Ghost Galaxy um, saying, hey, just a reminder, these are preliminary formats. 
poor poor guy <laughs> the the guy who is in charge of their twitter was hired like or at least like sent out his first tweet two or three days before <laughs> like he introduced himself as the new new marketing hey guy guys, I'm new. <laughs> i felt so bad for him <laughs> hi jeremy i'm so sorry for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so all right so let's talk about why ghost galaxy would do something like this because i think that's important to understand um Starting out front, Alliance is a broken format, as is it cannot exist. I do not think Ghost Galaxy has decided to buy the Keyforge IP, run a highly successful Kickstarter to sabotage the game and not fix it. I do not believe that this is something that's going to happen. Everything we've set up until now, this is why I'm trying to be optimistic. It's just funny. It's, at, this, at this point, we're not angry anymore. Right. We're done being angry. It's, it's just funny now. Um they are not going to let the community implode, implode essentially, and let happen what's going on right now. But they have drastically altered the game. I call this like it is Keyforge Fusion, but it's really Keyforge 2.0, right? You're making a deck, you're making a construction game at this point. So Alliance is broken, but it why? Seems like they didn't put that much thought into this. They're like, okay, these are preliminary, but like these seem like very preliminary. <laughs> yes, like they didn't even like sit down for a couple hours, and it's like, is this broken? And if you know, like you guys have a lot more experience, but if they sat down for just a few hours between, like, you know. The people in the company and they figured out like, oh, this is actually very broken as yeah. it is. Yeah. Like, let's not even announce this until we come up with something that we think is yeah. at least not broken within two hours of thought. Yeah. So Keyforge players who are listening to this podcast for the first time because it's a Keyforge. We're talking about Keyforge. Fletcher has very little experience with this game. I gave him very little knowledge or you know upfront knowledge at all about this. The thought that Fletcher just put out there is his own and... <laughs> I hope so. I just I just want to highlight that we did not feed him this. Yeah. That's the perception that the entire community I think is looking at right now is did you even think about this? And that's just a loss of of credibility with the fans, the people that were actually hoping that Keyforge was alive again. Yeah. Now, messaging could have gone out a little differently, right? They could have said, look, we're thinking about doing these new things. We're doing Keyforge Salivation, and we want to beta test these formats. But that's not what they did. They said, here are the new core formats. Also, they might change. Right. Yeah, they're leaning on that. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. But but they're yeah, it seems like basically what they're saying is like, here are the new formats. They're preliminary. They might change. It seems like they've already gone through like beta testing, right? And it's right. like there might be some small tweaks. Yep. And you but. can compare this to something like Dungeons and Dragons that's in their playtesting phase for um their open playtest for sixth edition or five point five or one D D or whatever you want to call it. They've said, look, this is a beta. Give us your feedback. And they'll put stuff out there that the community hates. But the community's like, cool. I'll give you my feedback and tell you I hate this. They're not saying, here's the game and, oh, we might change it. They're saying, this is not the game. (laughs) And by the way, there's a convention going on that you can buy tickets to where you get to play these. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Where you can pay out of your pocket. You can pay us money to tell us why we should change this game. You you can pay us to give us the data we need to make this the game you actually want to play. Yeah. Now. I'm, I am really trying to get to the positive pieces. Sorry. <laughs> so I think it's important to understand why they would do this. And why, why make Keyforge a constructed format at all? And if you look over the past couple years, 
we had a pandemic. The software was hacked, lost something. <laughs> Which makes no sense. Burned in a fire. Burned in a fire. The last set released was not well received by the fan base. Um, in fact, the it was... The algorithm was lost. Yeah, the algorithm was lost. <laughs> uh, yeah, the last set released was not well received. Um, it was probably... It's my least favorite set to play in set. It's fine playing against other sets, but playing it against itself, oh, it's, it's I, pretty bad. I agree. It takes as long to play as the other least well-received set, and yeah. that's the worst kind of Keyforge to yeah. play. It's just it's just so drawn out. Everything you do is like, nope, you can't do that, or nope, I undo that, or nope, that's not going to happen. But anyway, so I predict – predict? I the what's the word that's not predict but i think i think surmise surmise um i'm coming to the conclusion of keyforge was going downhill like it came out with a bang people loved it they were selling it like they couldn't print it fast enough and then it started slowing down and the pandemic really started slowing things down and then a bad set during the pandemic so it really started slowing things down and i think this is why ffg decided to sell Keyforge anyway, because why would like Ghost Galaxy doesn't have any other games and they were able to acquire the IP of Keyforge from FFG. I'm assuming not for a crazy amount. The way that they were talking to it fit into what they hoped would eventually be their style of game, like algorithmically generated and all of the like technology that they want to put into it. But it's kind of funny that the one place that they're failing is the fact that the algorithm has solved a lot of the problems that they are creating. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's, let's go back before that though. I think Keyforge was dying. And I think that's why they did the crowdfunding is because they wanted to say, hey, is it dying or is it dead? And that's really what the game found was for to determine whether or not this this game had the legs to survive. Yeah, Christian men- mentioned at one point that one of the things that mattered to him was not just how much money they made, but the number of backers they got on the campaign. And that blew him out of the water. And they got over 6,000 backers, which is a great a number of backers. It, that is enough to support a game like this. Oddly enough, I know like Magic has a million plus players, probably multi millions, whatever. Um, you don't need that many people to make a game like this healthy and and good, but it's a good number. And that, I mean, not everyone who will play the game backed it. Um, I can get Fletcher to play the game, but he didn't back <laughs> it. He won't back anything. That's true. Yeah. I won't back anything. I'll wait till it's done. Please and thank you. Yeah. So what I think though is I believe that Ghost Galaxy Christian decided that, hey, if this game is going to thrive, it has to be more than just a unique deck game. Because people will just buy the decks once they have a good one. They don't have really a a need to buy another one. So you have a few ways you can solve that. You can make sure every set is stronger than the previous set. But eventually, players are going to catch on to that. Um, Yeah. You can... It's also not really sustainable. Right, exactly. It's like five years down the road, the first sets are like, oh yeah, those are kindergarten cards. You have to play with these new cards that, you know, play one card and you win the game. So yeah, it there's only so much you can do with that. So to add some flexibility. just jumped right to that. Exactly. <laughs> well, and then and then you have people who have a lot of, you know, unused decks. We have an excessive amount. Again, we have a problem, but it's not uncommon to have people who have been playing this game since the beginning, you know, you may buy 10 to 20 decks per set. That's not unreasonable, especially if you're playing in sealed tournaments. If there's seven sets out, you know, that's 140, 150, you know, you have between 100 and 200 decks, 
easily just by playing the game over the last five years. And maybe if you played it at a sealed tournament, you played it once. So what do you do with all those decks? Like, they're just sitting around collecting dust. It's not a great model, right? You don't want to be the game that what we do is we print decks and 90% of them are just going to end up in a shoebox someplace. Yeah. So you have to have a solution to that. And I believe that, I'm, I'm just going to keep saying it, Keyforge Fusion is that solution. But you have to come out, Michael does mention that Magic the Gathering is that way. True, but most of those are comments. You can still open up a booster and get a rare in there that you want. With Keyforge, every deck you opened up was going to lose value, almost. Almost every deck you opened up was going to lose value the moment you cracked that seal. That deck itself was either going to be the rare or not. Yeah. It, there was practically no secondary market. And while a company doesn't make money on a secondary market, a healthy game of this nature needs to thrive in a secondary market to show that there's interest there, that there's something to trade and use. And an alliance-type format will solve that problem. But Fletcher, you pointed out, it, it has to be thought out. You can't just say, okay, now everything goes. Because... yeah. That's not a format that's sustainable. It's not something that anyone is going to say, oh, yeah, this is definitely the way we should go. Everyone go to a tournament and bring your one-turn kill decks, and whoever hits it first wins. And like, then those are the cards that we ban. Right. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's like, oh, yeah, this is a beta test. Like, no, you're going to learn the same thing. Everyone's going to bring the same deck because it's super easy to put together. Oops, that one's bad. And then you ban that, and then you have the next one to ban. So... You have to do your due diligence. You have to look and say, okay, what, what is going to break when we do this? And how do we stop that from breaking? And Or should we even continue down this road? Or, right? Like right. I can see someone floating in the balloon that's like, how about we call something alliance where you can mix and match, you know, houses from wherever you want. And it's like, okay, that's an interesting idea. Let's follow that. Yeah. And then maybe you get, you know, a couple days in and you're like, yeah, I don't think this format's going to work. Like how we envision that it's going to work. We might have to scrap it and come up with something else. Yes. Because even with like, you're going to have a, you're going to have a card ban list. That's a mile long. It's like, you can't have this card or you can have this card, but you can't have this card. If you have this card, which is, which is funny because all these scenarios. (laughs) So you are basically describing what needs to be done. Now it doesn't need to be too long. So this is, this is my premise on this and something that I hope they consider is putting the basic rules of the algorithm in place for alliance decks. The algorithm says these cards cannot have more than one in a deck. If more than one is generated, that deck is invalidated and it's thrown out. Why doesn't alliance have to follow that same rule? No deck currently in existence has more than one of certain cards. And so basically what Alliance does is allow people to find decks that have those cards in the wrong houses. Those are called Mavericks. And then put them together so that there are two or three copies of that card in a deck. That was never meant to exist. And and I just don't understand why that wouldn't be like the most basic thing you do. There's not a ton of them. There's maybe, you know, a half a dozen, like five to ten in each set that are unique. And a lot of them are repeated because they're the same ones from set to set. So that's one thing you could do. Now that does not solve the uh, United Action is the entire card that... problem. Yeah, it doesn't solve the entire problem. The one t- turn kill deck is United Action and Library Access. They come from different sets. They're not... You're, 
you know, Yard United actually even one of library access is, but they weren't even play tested together. Like yeah. when when sets are play tested, they're play tested amongst themselves, and so like I nobody from Coda even knew United Action was going to exist when library access was play tested. So you do also have to have. So what I would I would refer to the the single cards is like the restricted list. You can have one of these in your deck, and the algorithm only can do it, so you can only do it. That's just the nature of a constructed game. There are rules to constructing decks. The other one is, I would say, these particular card combinations are not allowed, period. And you put things like, you know, United Action Library Access, which allows for the one-turn win, and say, these just aren't allowed because it's not fun. Like, don't do it because it's not fun. Or creative or inventive. Like, it's not a game that you would come to play at a, a store level, at a fun level, but that's the kind of deck that would win every time. Yeah. Now, I have to imagine that they are working on something, some response to what the community is doing. Because so far, they've been quiet. This is now Monday night, because we record Monday nights live, 8.30 Central. Uh, you can go to tabletopdame.com slash live and join our live audience. I got to assume that they are working on something. And they have to respond to the community at some point soon. They're feverishly playtesting. <laughs> exactly. To, un- to unbreak Alliance. Exactly. Um, or just to unbreak the game, right? Because Alliance is one thing. And I, I strongly believe that Alliance is the right direction for Keyforge. It is a different Keyforge, but I think that it's something that needs to exist, but not sacrificing Keyforge for it. Sealed and Archon, as they used to exist, still need to exist. Keyforge, as it used to exist, still needs to exist. Alliance needs to be its own type of competitive format and not the competitive format. And you can't like the first impression has already been made. You can't undo that. But I do not believe that Ghost Galaxy is like, well, I guess we botched that one. Let's just let the game die. We'll release this set and see what happens. They've already paid for it anyway, so we're all good. I just can't see fine. Yeah, I just can't see that happening. I think that they're working on it, that they're taking in the feedback. And they've they've mentioned this on a number of different places. Like, look, we're listening. Yeah, the Twitter, poor Jeremy, <laughs> he, he said something along the lines of, we're taking in all your feedback, you guys. It's okay. It's going to be okay. And I think it will be okay. And this is why we've gone from like outrage. Actually, it's all really the stages of grief. Right. There was anger in there. There was outrage. There's We're now to acceptance. Right, exactly. <laughs> There's some depression at some point. And a lot of that was through discussions that you and I had the whole time. Like, no, why is this? Uh, uh-uh, No, this can't be true. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So there's a lot of issues with what they announced. But we're still going to Keyforge Celebration. Because even if they don't make some kind of announcement, even if they don't backtrack, somebody has to go to say, fix this. Don't leave it like this. We love this game. We want to support this game. We want to support you who are supporting the game that we love. But you can't kill the thing that we love and say it, it, it's still that thing because it's not. It's something different. So I have to totally admit, I'm going to this event first and foremost because I absolutely love the community and I want to see in person all of the other people that love this community and game enough to go to the first official event in what, two years? And rage against that. <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll bring our 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 what is it uh pitchforks and pitchforks and torches yeah, yeah. And torches but then we'll also like i'll go hang out at the bar afterwards yeah um but like, like i said what i want to say is i think keyforge is going to change in a way i do think that I, and I, I hate. I don't want to use this term. Keyforge Fusion. I like classic Keyforge. I don't because I do not want classic Coke. I just want Keyforge, and then Alliance. Like let those two things live simultaneously together. Because I do think Alliance can bring in a lot of people that really like the construction mechanisms and the simplicity of Keyforge. As long as you have those guides and you're constantly watching the meta. And making sure that it doesn't degrade into one or two decks that just is the only thing that anyone ever builds. It's also like like introducing little kids to new foods. Like if you have it on their plate, they may try it. If you have Alliance available at an event that all of the like diehard classic Keyforge fans are there to play, they will try it. And they may even love it. There's a large portion of the community that has tried formats over the last two years that have have never been official and will never be official. Some of them constructed. There are lots of different people that want to play in lots of different ways. But when you shove this down our throat, we will never eat this food ever again. Yeah. It's the only way to play? No, I will not eat broccoli. <laughs> I will rather starve. But could they just introduce more forms of play? Because they have they have three official forms of play. It seems like they could just add more. Yeah. Right? Like and, and I you think that's... about before, it's like, here's sealed, right? And then that replaces the old sealed. It's like, well, why don't you just have the old sealed called sealed and then you can have a new sealed that's called sealed construction or sealed constructed. So the way I see it is he Steve Jobs did. So for those who don't know, I'm going to give you a quick (laughs) Apple history lesson. Here's the product square. Yep. Steve Jobs started Apple, then was kicked out of Apple. And while he was gone, he started another company that doesn't matter. Um, Apple created a ton of different Macs computers, like a ton of yes. different Apple computers, just, just a ton. Yeah, so many and different a bunch ones. Of other stuff too, and a bunch of other stuff. And people looked, and they were completely confused as to wait, what one do I get? What should I get? When should I get it? Like, I don't understand all this. So when Steve Jobs, the Performa thirty two hundred, the forty, the forty two hundred, <laughs> the for, the forty five hundred, but the forty five hundred is actually worse than the forty two hundred because it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Fletcher, that must be what I sound like when I'm talking to you about KeyForge. Basically, yes. <laughs> so Fletcher and I, I'm bringing Fletcher to the conversation. So Steve Jobs comes back and he says, we're getting rid of all of these. There is now one computer. And to this day, we are still kind of in that. We have the Mac and we have the Mac Pro. And there's a couple other offshoots. But basically, it's Mac, Mac Pro. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, he created, it was, you know, it was the Foursquare. It was like laptop, desktop, consumer, pro. And it was just like, we need one thing in each of these. And I mean, it's further broken up because then you have the iMac and it's like good, better, best. So you actually have like three it's, models. It's gotten but. more convoluted over the years. But when he first came back, that's what he did. And he did it because yeah. he's like, we're confusing the consumer. So we need to stop doing that. And I believe that's what Christian was doing when he said, look, we have so many different formats. We need to like focus on just a few because we're confusing people. There's too many ways to play and that's confusing for new players getting into it. The problem is none of these formats are good for new players. None of them. I don't think introducing Keyforge in a sealed where you have to build your own deck is a great way to introduce someone to Keyforge. So to be fair, when we played 
we played with Dark Tidings, and I am the least familiar with Dark Tidings, but if you had handed me two decks from an earlier set that I had played a lot more in person, I'd have been able to look at those six houses and pick the ones I wanted really easily. I have played so many games of Keyforge that that would have made it not as stressful. But somebody coming in completely new who knows zero cards has to read two different sets of 36 cards to even start thinking about what three houses to pick. Now, you could just pick one deck and just use that. But you're going to feel like, well, wait a minute, everyone else was tweaking their deck. So I guess that means I just have a worse deck because I don't know how to do that. Right. It's just not a very good first impression. But the community has been very vocal. Also about allows you to break your deck if you happen to get the library and other things. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah. Like, well, in the sealed, I just got lucky. Now I have a one, you know, yeah. one turn kill deck. Yeah, in the sealed tournament, you won't. You'll never get that because you don't have the cross set issues that is a lot of these really super super broken decks. Um, in the sealed format, you can't actually, with very very few exceptions, there's the possibility of giving getting a maverick. So you could have a single card show up twice in a deck potentially in a sealed, but. Typically, the decks you create in the sealed are going to be decks that could have been created otherwise. Because you only have two decks. They're in the same set. They've been playtested together. So why not just play one deck? Yeah. Um, because one deck could be bad. I actually, I really, really like, <laughs> Miles is relating this to a game called Smash Up. It's very, very similar to that. And again, I like Smash Up too for the same reason. I really, really like Sealed Alliance. And that's what I'm going to call it. Where you get two decks and you get to merge into one deck. I love that. I don't love that in Place of Sealed. Again, I can't say that enough. Alliance is fine, healthy. I think it's a great direction for the game to also go in. I think it should also still be true to its roots and still be Keyforge. And I think the community, it's hard to hear the community though, because they're just like, Keyforge is dead. I'm out. I'm not supporting this anymore. Like, so many people have been like, I'm canceling my pledge. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I don't know if they have. We don't know those numbers. But yeah, just a lot of loud voices that are really annoying. I hope people slept on it. Because same with us. Like, the actual huge amount of backlash died down after 24 hours and then died down a little bit more. It got a little more intelligent. Like, people were creating these broken decks. But the actual, like, emotional outrage that was being spewed everywhere has reined in a little bit. And I actually like your Discord, the Help from Future Surf stuff. Discord, where there were people saying, oh, I have this and this and this I can put together, and that would make a pretty cool deck. And they weren't broken. They were just fun fun decks they were putting together. And I'm like, this is actually what I would love to start seeing is people saying, I can build this deck, and it would be really cool, but not completely broken. But you can't do that. Because then I think in that same chat, someone pointed out another deck. It's like, yeah, but then this deck just wins on turn two. Oh, Okay. Right. It's 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 disheartening to hear that your creativeness is overshadowed by someone else just breaking the game. So it's been three days as we're talking chatting right now, two and a half. And they have they haven't even had a full work day to respond to the feedback yet. Oh yeah, good point. Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Now I don't know why they announced this on a Saturday morning. I really don't, <laughs> but still not the point. Um they will fix this. I have full confidence in this. Again, I just cannot believe that they want Keyforge 
They want all the current fans of Keyforge to just be like, nope, I'm outie. Well, they set a precedent, too. During the GameFound campaign, after they released what there was going to be for the different pledge levels, there was a lot, a huge outcry, and not in a bad way, but just like a lot of people saying, why isn't there one pledge with just decks in it so that I don't have to get all the fluff? I can just give you money and get the product. And within 24 hours, there was a pledge level of just decks. So they have a history of listening to community requests and following through. Yeah. And I think Christian doing all these interviews, like he actually mentioned, I think he might've said it on your interview. He's like, yeah, we just don't want to make the fans mad. Like that's, our, that's our only goal is we hope that we don't make the fans mad. He's like, I, I hope we don't <laughs> disappoint you all. And I had no idea. Like he was, he was foreshadowing this the whole time and we never knew. So yeah, I think, I think that they're not, thrilled with the response and they're going to fix it. And I, I have to keep believing that. And I have to keep thinking that that's what they're, where this is going. And until Winds of Exchange is released in January and the game is still not what we want it to be, um, I will not, I will just kind of hold my tongue until then. No, I'm not. I have a podcast and I've talked about this <laughs> on two different podcasts. I'm going to, I'm going to hold out hope until then. Um, but honestly, if the game did change, if, See if uh like the straight keyforge just stopped existing. I would probably still play. I like the game. And I, I I'm fine. I would play sealed and I would play alliance. And I've built a deck that can win in turn two. And I would play that format and be like, okay, yeah, it's degenerative, but hey, that's what it is. So And to be fair, a lot of people have pledged to just simply continue playing the way they've been playing because they're playing online or because it hasn't been officially supported at their game stores. If they're playing at their game stores, they're playing whatever they want. And so as long as Ghost Galaxy continues to produce the actual card game, the rule set doesn't have to prevent you from playing Keyforge the way you want to play Keyforge. Yeah, but I will say... I have a hard time playing something that's not officially supported. <laughs> Car Wars. <coughs> well, I mean, that's true. Um, because of one rule, I'm just like, I want to play this, but all I can see is this glaring rule problem. But like, this is why I didn't play over the pandemic. You were playing Crucible Online. I'm like, I don't want to play online on an unsupported, unofficial platform. And it's not that I have anything against Crucible Online, FFG didn't have anything, GG doesn't have anything against it. Um, it's just like, eh, it just doesn't feel official to me. And I have plenty of things I can play that are actually officially supported, and I like that feeling. I don't know, I, I mean, I could be in the minority, I could be in the majority, I don't know, I just know that that's how I feel. I will play it by the official rules. I also feel that if this brings in a ton of people that like to construct their decks and the community shifts, that's what's going to push me away. If the kinds of people that this brings in are the people that are going to pay a lot of money to be incredibly cutthroat, that's not my game either. However, I talked about secondary market and alliance, and I bought via Sydney, our first Keyforge deck after this was announced. So I've never bought a Keyforge deck. Secondhand. A, a, secondhand. And already opened by someone else. We searched out a combo and we asked the person if they wanted to sell it to us and it is on its way to us right now. Yeah. So that's the kind of effect that I think is good, right? Getting decks to exchange hands. It's, it's kind of like the economy of Keyforge. If decks aren't exchanging hands, you have a recession. But once you start changing hands, then you can count every time it ex- exchanges hands as 
stop letting you know throw an accounting thing in there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's good GDP. It's good keyboards GDP. Exactly. Uh, double entry accounting. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, so we've gone through like this podcast actually did a really good job at covering how angry we were at the beginning to all the way to yeah all right yeah I'll play it this way sure like it, it's it's just you basically just experienced the last seventy two hours with us yeah welcome welcome to our world I'm optimistic hey, seventy two hours brought down into about a one hour <laughs> about one hour there now you're good I don't know how do I wonder how people. I wonder how people are going to feel later. I also wonder the different discords that we're in are very, very, very vocal, but it is relatively like a micro minority of players. A few dozen people are where most of the outrage is coming from, and a lot of people are secretly kind of pretty happy about this. There are people that are are hiding out in corners of different discords that are discussing really cool things that they can do and really awesome ways they can interact with the new formats and how happy they are about this little thing or that little thing. And especially this event, like the people that are excited about in-person play coming back, that is something that really can't be overshadowed. Yeah, I was actually surprised because during the outrage on Saturday, there were still people who were like, okay, so once you book your ticket, I think you have to also sign up for the events to do this. And where are you guys staying? So people were still excited that while they were complaining with one side of their mouth they were asking how do they get to the convention with the other right so, so right. Like, yeah like you guys they're like i am outraged give me i want to buy a ticket so i can come and play in person yeah and yeah i mix and i already bought a deck and honestly i bought this deck saying they are never going to let this combo stand they cannot let this hit the table But but I'm going to buy it anyway. (laughs) Actually, we we made an offer on two different decks. And one of the guys said, yeah, I think I need to let the dust settle before I sell this deck. And I'm like, well, you've just lost money. Because as soon as they fix this, that deck's not worth anything anymore. So (laughs) you might as well sell it while you could. We actually, I did the same thing, though. We have a deck that is very highly sought after for the cards that are in it. We could probably sell it for anywhere from $100 to $500 right now. But I'm like, eh, no, I want to keep it. It's in one of the decks that you constructed for us. <laughs> it is in one of the decks that I constructed for us. But I'm just like, uh, but I guess I, I don't need to keep it. This is how all of your, <laughs> I'm going to sell this thing later goes. I know. I'm not very yeah. good at. But actually, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> if somebody else wants it, that's more reason to keep it. I don't know. All right. You have my permission to sell it. Not for less than 150 though. Oh my god, I'm so excited. No, but I want to play it at the Alliance event that No, this one was the one that actually didn't work out that good anymore. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so if you were the one that made the offer for that deck, it's not that great, but I'll sell it to you for 150. <laughs> um yeah. I don't know, Fletcher. You want to play Keyforge with us? Uh sure. I don't know where my decks are, so you might have to loan me a deck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if we have any that you that you can borrow. <laughs> <laughs> as we look over at our closet that we like wiped the dust off there could be to one like that you've already played with yeah that, you know you don't like hey a lot of the the old ones are still pretty good um although i've been s- pretty surprised that 
some of the newer sets really do kind of trump the meta right now. Yeah, I really like some of the the way that they have continued to come out with the new mechanics. I feel like that's really exciting. It's another problem for Alliance, but the the mechanics that are specific to each set really have sh- shined through, I guess. Yeah. And this set that's coming up, they're introducing token creatures, which are creatures that your deck can just produce by, you know, essentially make a token. So you put a face down card in play and that becomes a token creature. And it it does lead, they've spoiled a lot of cards, um, but it, it opens up a lot of interesting things you can do with those cards. And it looks a lot more fun than I originally gave it credit for. And I'm really looking forward to playing it. Yeah, the hype is really real on this coming set. Yeah. So, <sighs> yeah, we'll have to do it. I don't know, Fletcher, is that enough talking about Keyforge? Uh, I think I'm good. All right. <laughs> Next week, we will have, if there is an announcement, we'll have a follow-up um, just for the announcement part. And then we are going to talk about how I'm going to par- par- reduce my collection to 50 games. <laughs> I want to hear that episode. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah. I, I did some I did some preliminary work on this because I was going to talk about it tonight. Um, uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to change it to 100 games. I think I can do 100 games. I can't do 50 games. So... Also, season three of Cthulhu Deathway uh, Dies announced. How many games do you have? Four hundred and between four and five hundred. So you're going to reduce it by three quarters to four fifths. Yes, that is that is my intent. Now I don't know. I'm actually going to get rid of like all of these games and just have a truck back up to the house or something. But I'm going to take one hundred games, maybe fifty. Depends on how you <laughs> categorize it. To be fair, a lot of the games that we have been playing since like the game found released has been Keyforge. Yeah. So not a lot of other games have gotten to the table recently. Yeah. But but we can talk about this next week, because that'll be what we talk about next week. <sighs> Meanwhile, Sydney, why don't you be kitty for a minute? Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recordings Monday nights at 8.30 Central. Join our Discord to continue the conversation. It is also where you can join us and other listeners in a constant stream of online games on BGA. The show notes have the links you need, and you can always go to tabletopgametalk.com for more information and to search our growing archive of episodes. Well, you do that really well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do that too well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Hera Wentworth, Listener Doug, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Timothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Joe Punman, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Mittner, Richard Jossie, Tolkien Fan Forever, Michael Findlay, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Solander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Ronnie, Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, Chumpy Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Witchman, and Michael27. And thanks to everyone who's ever been a patron. Your support means the world to us, past, present, and future patrons, especially you future patrons. Thanks again, Doug. Uh, if you'd like to go from future patron to present patron, like listener Doug did, you can check out the links in the show notes. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. 
so Sydney, are we going to make some more one turn kill decks? Yes, and test them out tonight. Absolutely. No, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs>